everybody. What's up? Welcome back to Actually at Capacity. Today, I have a guest on, Charlie Baranski. Hope I said that correctly. Um, man of many flags. This is not a video podcast, but if you were to see it, you would see he has a lot of flags in the background, like more than like a Marxist-Leninist on Twitter and their profile. So, <laughs> but very different ones. So we got, we're repping Quebec um so how's it going charlie oh it's going very well thank you for that that introduction that's <laughs> exactly exactly how i want to be referred to uh, <laughs> i have a lot of the local flags behind me and that's what i'm hoping to talk about so uh yeah so today well. yeah so today um it's, it's interesting because we always see people talk about politics on a federal or international level um and like you know, I feel like it's funny, a lot of people in Canada probably know more about the U.S.'s national politics than they do about their own local politics. And so mm-hmm. it's going to be interesting to hear from you. You ran for local office. I did, yes. So, do you want to oh, tell us about that? Yeah, so I ran, uh, it's, a, it's a lot more of a boring story than it sounds like. I ran for Morris County Freeholder, and uh it's American specific and it's also New Jersey specific. So I don't want to get into the details of what the state constitution looks like. Essentially, uh, it would have been uh, a board of county commissioners or a county executive. And so I ran for the Democratic nomination in Morris County. And Morris County is one of the wealthiest counties in the United States. I think it's actually uh, wealthier than, than uh, Beverly Hills zip code, which I'm blanking on right now. But uh, so there's a lot of, uh, you know, massive McMansions, a lot of socially progressive, fiscally conservative types, a lot of suburban uh, liberals uh, and that type, and a lot of suburban Republicans. But there's also a lot of inequality and a lot of uh, potential to move left, especially with the Democratic Party uh, surging in those suburbs. Uh, So I ran for the Democratic nomination. I lost the primary. And when it was Bernie against Biden, a little further down the ballot, it was also me against my my Democratic opponent. And so I actually, I like to brag. I don't know how much it counts because he had uh, had dropped out, but I did do better than Bernie Sanders. I got about 25% of the vote. Uh, But coming off of that, what you were able to do is because that was the first time there would have been any sort of progressive campaign, any sort of infrastructure in that area, you got people who had previously thought that they were growing up in this suburb and were the only progressive, the only socialist, the only you know person on the left in the entire area who then were able to you know reach out and actually realize there are other people here who, who think this and progressive issues aren't limited to what we see on the news, you know, there's a progressive way to run a town. There's a, uh, you know, there's a theory of how we can implement a socialist policy. There. So when people were, were presented with that, uh, I found it to be very, very effective. And it uh, got me involved in, with a lot of people who are doing a lot of excellent, excellent work in mutual aid, in electoral organizing as well, on even smaller scales in individual towns town councils, mayors uh, in, in that domain. So uh, it's it's been a lot of fun. And then yesterday, Governor Chris Christie blocked me on Twitter. So uh, <laughs> there's a lot of of, uh, of perks to this uh, this situation. But no, I it was- I didn't even know he was like still alive. I thought he like, died <laughs> of COVID. Honestly, so. neither did I. Someone like, someone said something about him. I'm like, oh, okay, let's see what Chris Christie's up to. He's, yeah, he has to be dead by now, right? Nope, <laughs> <laughs> can't, can't see. What, I mean, he might be, he might be. I can't, yeah. I can't tell you. I can't give you an update on his situation. We don't know who runs his account. So. Yeah, but running running for office, I think it's uh, it's something that, that everybody should do at least once, just because, I mean, I, I ran, for, <laughs> I ran for a couple months. Yeah. I know that's a contra. I ran for a couple months. I got knocked out of the primary, but coming off of that, and that was a, a year ago now, coming off of that, you just get so many connections, so much of an understanding about what the issues actually are mm-hmm. uh, that are ta- speaking to people, uh, and so much of an understanding of what actually needs to be done to fix them because it's not running for office, it's actually talking to people, doing the work. Uh, and uh, 
you know, like like I said, uh, mutual aid and that type of uh, of organization is really really valuable, especially in uh, in in these areas where you wouldn't think it's uh, so important. So when you say mutual aid, um, I know there's like there's been a lot of sort of socialist skepticism about it, mostly because the worry is that when politicians are endorsing mutual aid, they're essentially like offloading their responsibilities onto mm -hmm. others. So like it seems more of like a like a liberal uh, charity model means. So when you as a from a socialist perspective are, yeah. are promoting that and what what like how does that manifest and how is that different than say the liberal conception? So I think again that's a uh, you know that's a really good question actually uh, and I think again it comes from looking at it through a very very localized lens. So here in Morris County, like I said, it's it's a very wealthy suburb of New York City, and the Republicans have been in power here for I think 50 years, like since since Watergate. It has been all Republican at the local level. So the, the mayors are Republican, the county leaders are Republican, the town council's Republican, the police chief knows the fire chief, knows everything else. It's that type of situation. So when you're talking about, oh, politicians coming in, it's not so much politicians as it is, you know, your friend who's running for office and is going to lose. Uh, and uh, so obviously in a perfect world, we'd be able to, uh, to, to march in and, and tell these uh, suburban Republicans and increasingly alt-right assholes that they need to actually implement some of these policies that uh, will help people. But when, for instance, coronavirus hit uh, and I was working at an event that was handing out food, and I mean, it was, uh, I think I told you on Twitter, it was Audis and Beamers and Lexuses lined up begging for food. Uh, you know, in that situation, obviously, you know, you're going to start unloading the trucks as opposed to uh, looking for, for policy solutions, but absolutely, you know, you need to, and that's one of the, uh, one of the main, main, uh, main things that came out of, of my run for office. And a lot of things is, uh, a lot of other runs is that when you do that, you do, you know, you're able to present a coherent theory of the policies that need to be changed and the ways to change them in a way that, uh, for better or for worse, a lot of people and a lot of voters haven't conceptualized. You know, when, when the Republicans run this place for 50 years, then the only people think the only way to run a town or run this government is the way the Republicans do it. They might disagree on, you know, what taxes to cut, what services to get rid of. But fundamentally, it's a, a, a Republican austerity vision. And so just being able to present that alternative uh, is, is the first step towards what you're talking about. I think... Uh, when you look at it with a very, very local lens of what does this community need right now, uh, uh, then you, you know, you do that and then you look at ways to make that permanent. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like that's, um, it's interesting looking at like the US context. I was recently phone banking for a friend's municipal campaign awesome. in awesome. Vancouver. Incredible. And I what, know- What's your friend running for? Shout him out. Alison <laughs> Boo, you guys should vote for her. She's running for Burnaby City Council um, with the NDP. Um, but I just noticed when I was phone banking that, like, regard, like, I don't know if this is the same in, in like, I, it's probably different on like, the federal level versus a municipal level. But mm -hmm. when I was, that this is something valuable for municipal politics, I think, is like when I was calling people. What, it wasn't really relevant, like what party they were from or like, you know, if they were socialists or not, everyone kind of had really similar concerns. And that was like in Vancouver, it was housing because yeah, housing yeah, is a nightmare here, right? And so it's kind of like, you know, yeah, you have to be able to, like, regardless of your affiliation, um, you're going to want to try and like appeal to people's needs because regardless of what some people will say. And I guess, you know, I, I'm not a hundred percent up on, on Vancouver, uh, but just in general, you know, like I said, it was really, really striking to me when I'm saying uh, one of the, it was last democratic primary. So the issues were COVID police violence, everything uh, like that. And I'm saying, I said something along the lines of, 
let's take money from the police department and give it to nurses at the hospital to buy personal protective equipment. And that way we can do that without needing to raise taxes. Mm -hmm. And you, nobody's ever said anything like that before to the, you know, the establishment that, that runs this area. So even something, you know, that simple, seemingly simple, uh, you know, think about how often you are actually considering the politics of your town or of your community. I bet that it's not that often compared to federal or American or international politics. And so when you do, you're going to start thinking about things uh, a little differently than they're currently being done. And as long as you can coherently present a vision, sounds like that's exactly what your friend is doing. A lot of times people will, uh, people's you know, news-fueled federal national politics are very different than the actual issues they care about in their community. If I can, I'll tell one story, which is just yeah. so, so eye-opening for me. So in, in New Jersey, we have a lake, gorgeous lake. It's called Lake Hapatcon, if you want to look it up. It is a tourist destination. There's a bunch of small businesses around. There's a bunch of, uh, you know, that, that's where you go if you're super, super rich. It's where you have your, your lake house. It is, it's, it's, a, it's a gorgeous lake. And because of rising temperatures in the, uh, you know, in the world, uh, there was a poisonous algae outbreak at the lake. Everything was completely shut down. Uh, people were uh, losing their jobs. People were not only unable to go swimming at the lake, but also you know, if you work at a restaurant that, that caters to people or ice cream stand or whatever, for the entire summer and for the entire year, uh, the, the area was completely devastated economically. And we were having a discussion in that area about what is going on, because even I can't explain to you what the poisonous algae bloom is and uh, how to fix it. And that's a very, very Republican area, very rural, very Republican. Someone said the words Green New Deal at that meeting and they got booed. But then what they're talking about is, well, how can we, how can not only how can we clean the lake up, how can we invest in, you know, clean energy jobs to make sure that uh, the area is economically sustainable? How can we uh, protect this so it doesn't happen again? What are ways we can, uh, we can reduce, uh, pollution into the lake like it was that they were proposing essentially a local version of the green new deal mm -hmm. but if you said the words green new deal they would stand up and walk out of the room so being in that room was really really eye-opening in that you know as soon as you step away from the national politics and start talking to people about what's going on in their backyard and what's going on in their town it's you know that's that's when they can not only be uh, be convinced of whatever you're doing if you're running for office but be moved left on tangible issues. I mean, these were diehard Republicans, very, you know, like, like the suburban libs who were, you know, terrified of climate change and ready to work together to stop it as long as uh, the effect was felt in their, uh, in their backyards. And obviously they should, people should be caring about it as if it doesn't affect you personally, but when you're able to relate the, uh, the politics that you, that, that we need, obviously, to something so tangible in someone's life. It's very, very, very striking the effect that'll have. Yeah. Oh, I think you have to tell, like, you have to show people what you're going to do for them. I think <laughs> it's like a very uh, over-idealistic view of politics where, you know, you want to get, like, we pretend that people are, are not self-interested and, like, we act as though, yeah. like, oh, well, they're just going to vote for this policy out of the good out of their hearts. And it's like, mm -hmm. no, you have to show how you're going to benefit them in some way. And this is kind of a problem I've had with a lot of politicians recently, um, including ones in the U.S. It's like <laughs> they kind of, you know, scold their yeah, constituents yeah. about like what they don't care about rather than say like, hey, like this is how I'm going to help you. And I guess that sort of brings me to my, my next question because I, I uh, and maybe this is also like my Canadian uh, outlook, but to me, when I think Democrats, I don't think left wing. I think like conservatives that are like, or, like, or not conservative, not socially conservative, but I think of like, oh, yeah, uh, no, uh, economically right, very right wing. 
neoliberalism wow. austerity absolutely you know that's that's not an unfair assumption to make uh i guess when i say uh because i ran for the democratic party nomination what i did is uh so i'm not going to go into the the constitutional structure of the of the election because we could be there all day but essentially uh bernie sanders needed down ballot candidates to support him in the primary uh and so i was asked to run and and accepted uh but there, we also had a, a gentleman run for for the Senate against Cory Booker, uh, where, you know, uh, he he was fantastic, uh, but it was a very uphill race. But he just had to be on the ballot uh, to make sure that the Bernie side of the, the Bernie Sanders wing of the Democratic Party had uh, that that institutional uh, support. Uh, physically yeah. on the ballot. It's a it's a whole thing that I can talk about for hours, the way the uh, Democratic Party machine uh, sets up against the left in New Jersey. Uh, but that's a that's a different discussion. But uh, that that was the the work, uh, you know, that's why the, all of this is tends to be within the uh, the auspices of the Democratic Party. The other thing that I'll say is the Democratic Party in New Jersey specifically awful. In general, you know, like you said, the perfectly fair assumption to make in New Jersey specifically, truly, truly awful because New Jersey as a whole is so, so heavily democratic. Uh, so the party has a stranglehold on the politics here, especially the local politics. In my county though, because the county, the one area where I'm from is Republican, but trending Democrat the the stranglehold that the party has isn't quite there yet mm -hmm. so one of the things that i really want to do is make sure that because with the way the electoral trends are going it's only a matter of time before this area become votes overwhelmingly democrat and when that happens we have an opportunity to make sure that that local democratic party the mars county democratic party is you know has a very very strong presence on the left is actually devoted to uh, these ideals that we're actually fighting for is not austerity minded, is not, uh, is not uh, exactly what you said, and actually has the capacity to, like I said, put forward an actual vision of this is how you run a town when you're a leftist. This is how you vote on a city council when you're a leftist. This is what you can do. Here's a list of policies you can implement. And if we're able to set up that left infrastructure in, in a place like this, uh, just because of the trends, uh, I think is very valuable. But you were going to make another point about the Democratic Party and yeah, I love, no, sorry. I love I mean, to trash the Democrats. So go ahead. <laughs> well, okay. Like, I mean, because I'm not American. And so like my primary outlook into American politics has to like pertains to their foreign policy most, most yes, of the time. Yes. And so as a result, like to me, I look at the Democratic Party and I think, okay, these guys are imperialists, they're mm -hmm. capitalists, whatever. And it seems very difficult uh, for socialists to carve out space for themselves. Like, it seems like they kind of rejected Bernie. And oh, similarly, in the, in the UK, Corbyn was kind of, um, like, thrown aside as well. And especially, I think, after what happened with Corbyn, I was kind of like, you know what, these parties um, are basically, like, trying to blackmail socialists into voting for them because they'll say, well, you know, we're closer to you than the Republicans are, like, than the right wing is. And the Labour mm -hmm. will say, well, we're not the Tories. And I feel like, you know, that has, puts like a grip on socialists <laughs> where I think like, part of me was like, okay, well, why don't you just, like, why don't you just say, that's it? We're not going to be a part of you anymore. Like, especially after what they did with Bernie and what they did with Corbyn like I was just kind of like we should not be giving any support to any of these but I'm like again this is not on a municipal level so I don't know mm -hmm. if there's any any differences on that respect or like if you think that there's any hope for the Democratic Party on a more local level as opposed to like mm -hmm. how I see them from where I'm standing which is like they don't seem better to me than the Republicans, but. Yeah, well, I mean, that's, like I said, you know, you you clearly have a very solid understanding of the Democratic Party uh, from that. And I know this is gonna be uploaded uh, and be on the internet forever. So let me just register forever that I'm fucking furious with what was done to uh, Jeremy Corbyn and, uh, and, and all of that. That was one of the, 
greatest, uh, just, I guess, coups of an internal party uh, ever. I mean, uh, one of the things that struck me about that was that Jeremy Corbyn's team would say, would make a list of Facebook ads and they would say, send these out. And they'd send the, the pre-made ads to Labor Party headquarters and Labor Party would send the Corbyn ads to Jeremy Corbyn and his team only to the one zip code and to the rest of Britain would send out their own different Facebook ads. So this is during the election campaign. Oh absolutely, absolutely insane. So yeah, that's the type of thing we're up against. And it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's very difficult, especially on the national level. And to your point about uh, the difference, you know, municipally, I am not yet, I mean, cross your fingers. Uh, I'm not currently trying to carve out, you know, a space for the left in the National Democratic Party. That's a, a pretty important distinction to make. I'm trying to carve out something in this specific suburban politics. And right now, obviously very polarized, it's trending harder towards the Democrats, not to, you know, the Greens or the alternative local socialist party that I could create tomorrow, mm-hmm. but to the the Democrats. So what I want to do is take advantage of that. And right. also, uh, it's the vehicle to, at least here, to push the uh, just the general understanding of politics to the left. I mean, not everything needs to be, I'm never going to tell somebody how to vote or that you have to vote. Not everything has to be partisan. Not everything is partisan. And, you, you know, a lot, I, like I said, at the beginning of our conversation, a lot of people I'm working with are, you know, not don't even think about the Democrats, Republicans, electoral politics, whatever, nor should they, they're doing fantastic work uh, in the community uh, for COVID relief, uh, for, for the donations or uh, community food drives, et cetera, those types of things. Uh, but when it comes down to, can we put leaders in place that share our values? The best way to do that right now is to run them in Democratic Party primaries, especially because, like I mentioned, the Democratic Party is not as strong here as it will be. Mm-hmm. So when it, when it gains that strength, the leaders need to be on our side. And if we vacate, uh, vacate the party for some, like I said, the New Jersey Socialist alliance or whatever making hypothetical left parties for for local issues if we if we all go to that tomorrow we might like win something which would be insane that would be awesome but then when the the democratic party gains that that strength that they're going to based on the the current trends and when that all gets solidified uh they are it's only uh neoliberal minded austerity it's only which let's let's cut the taxes uh, for this program and not this, it's only uh, all, all those mindsets. So as long as we're able to present a coherent uh, way to, like I said, operate a, uh, a local government as progressives, as socialists, uh, then the local, and I'm, I'm drawing a very, a very clear distinction, the local Democratic Party, or maybe even, you know, uh, whatever, whatever is the, uh, the opportunity there that, that most aligns with with what you want to do is the uh, the place to do that. They're not talking about national issues, not talking about uh, even even state issues, but on the local level, that right. that's that's where that's where it should be done, and that's what I would uh, that's what I always tell people is you know at the federal level, whatever if you see it on the news, uh, you know the, you can you can think whatever you want about that or uh, do whatever you want about that, but here at the local level. Uh, that this is what I would uh, would recommend. So again, it's one of the greatest struggles, and and I experience it a lot. Is just trying to, I guess, in in a way, look at you know local politics and community politics, municipal politics, in a vacuum as its own thing, uh, and not let it uh, get colored by the whatever's going on nationally, internationally, etc. Because, like I said. You know, you would be amazed at how incompetent some of these people are. <laughs> they are not some of the local politicians in your area. Guaranteed, you're a hundred percent smarter than them. Anybody is. So you know, they're not. Nobody's in the back room plotting 
and how, how are we going to kick the socialists out? They're in the back room plotting, what do we have for dinner tomorrow and where's Frank? Um, <laughs> So as long as as long as you're able to to present that vision at that local level, uh, it's it's very good. Once you get up a few levels, then yes, you know they're they're trying to to kick out people who are making trouble and they'll make life very difficult for you. But that's not where you want to be because they'll make life very difficult for you. You want to be you know on the ground in your community, actually uh, making pushing pushing people to the left uh, in in that regard. Yeah, I mean, this seems like a, a nice or like a more effective way of making a difference. I think mm-hmm. when you're working on that local level, I think, you know, when you get to higher levels of politics, there's a tendency for abstraction mm-hmm. and utopianism. Whereas like if you're working directly with a community, it's less likely to be utopian and, and abstract. Yeah, it's also a lot more fun. I mean, uh the, like I said, you know, the politicians near you, at least in the United States, I don't know what it is in Canada, but, you know, these are part-time positions. These are mm-hmm. you know, local uh, local union leaders or local, uh, local business owners on the Republican side. Uh, and so, you know, these are actual, uh, they're, they're real people, uh, which, is, which is kind of refreshing. And also, if you're, you know, you, you see a lot on Twitter about holding politicians accountable, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, you tweeting at an MP or a member of Congress or the president is a lot less effective than than your mayor who runs his own social media and is terrified of the youth, you know, hating him. <laughs> so, so it's a it's a lot more fun and it also uh, is a lot more rewarding as well because you're not shouting into a void, like you said. You're not uh, uh, trying to to come up with these utopian uh, ideas. You're actually, you know just trying to make your specific area, your, literally your backyard or your front porch or, or the park you go to every week, trying to make sure that that is being run by people who share your values. And that's a lot more rewarding than, you know, calling AOC a fake dangist on Twitter or whatever. What? <laughs> a fake dangist. <laughs> oh my God. I don't think I've ever replied to AOC directly on Twitter. Oh, I'm not, I'm not talking to you. No, no, I know. I'm just thinking because it's like funny. Like I've definitely been like. I'm talking to Ryan Knight is who I'm talking to. Yeah, no, but I think it's it's funny. Like I, because I think about this, like I, if you look at the replies of any like big politicians, Twitter account, like mm-hmm. they're always so funny. Um, but the funniest was Trump's because like, I just remember there were all these like overly like sincere liberals that were replying and being like, you have no honor, sir. And it's like, <laughs> he doesn't care. <laughs> this, is, not- this is why I say like, I want an army of those overly sincere liberals and I want to sick them on like the transphobic town councilman down the street or whatever, because that would actually, you know, <laughs> uh, uh, do something. But that's, you know, as long as you're interested and, and, being aware of what is happening in your local or, or municipal politics, it's a lot easier to push and to make a change than it would be, you know, saying in Donald Trump, sir, this decision killed my family. And then, you know, oh, he's actually in the executive mansion, you know, tossing and turning all night because of what you said to him on Twitter. <laughs> well, would you say that like people in municipal politics, maybe like they have less of a material stake in politics because it seems to me like I know like Ilhan Omar got like fried for saying this but like there is obviously lobbies um Mm -hmm. and economic interests that sort of push federal Mm -hmm. politicians to you know sign on to certain things um and it's like you know it seems to me like that what you're saying is like if because if I was a politician that had like that was backed by like major like financial power then I wouldn't really I wouldn't what I said so you admit it you you heard it first like right here Mila is a politician backed by major yeah yeah exactly (laughs) um but I'm saying if I was one like Mm -hmm. I would feel less beholden to people yelling at me about what I was doing, right? Whereas, like, yeah, yeah. I guess if you're if you don't have a huge financial stake in politics, um, or you don't have that cushion, mm-hmm. then you're you know more likely to 
like to yeah to uh to, to be, to be responding to the yeah so i i think it's a it's a solid point uh i will say as you go further down you know federal state and local whatever the money in politics just gets stupider you know so uh at the at the high level you know it's these massive lobbies who are you know, handing people pre-written bills and you know, will cut off the millions of dollars if you don't vote for, for this one amendment on this provision to this decision. At the local level, it's like, oh, you took $100 from Frank? I hate Frank, so I'm gonna give $1,000 to your opponent. Right. Uh, and you know, you wanna do environmental work, well, you need to talk to, to Joe. Joe has been big in the environment, but you, if you talk to Joe, you completely alienate Rob because Rob has been trying to uh, to destroy Joe's business for 40 years or whatever. Right. It's all these these stupid little things that, that come together. And so, you know, I'm not saying that at the local level, people are 100% perfect and you know that's the one place where you'll be able to redeem your fear of electoralism or whatever because that's not true and there definitely is you know the just the stupid versions of every every conflict and every controversy you can see but also at the local level you know uh, necessarily the electoral pool gets smaller some of these races are being decided by a couple hundred votes uh, so people are very aware of that and also again uh, these are people who are not spending their entire day hanging out with lobbyists and corporate representatives. They're spending their entire day hanging out with, you know, their family and going golfing with their high school friends or whatever. So, uh, I mean, I guess the best way to articulate it is there, are, you know, even even the worst local politician and there are really, truly bad local politicians is a, a real person in a way that a federal politician kind of isn't at least to you uh so Wait, Chris, the, Chris. No, yeah <laughs> well i mean he's not even like federal i just thought <laughs> not being alive <laughs> god if if only i really like i said you know he blocked me uh on twitter and i don't know why i'm so proud of that but i really am uh, i i just when when high level republicans hate me it, it's a very good feeling and i will say the the there is absolutely a local politician and probably an entire local council near you who is brain dead stupid uh, and completely incompetent and is absolutely terrified of the day somebody realizes that. So if you realize that and draw attention to it, even if it's just one person, then suddenly your community is having an actual conversation about what should a politician look like to represent, you know, run this area what should our leaders look like and what sort of values should they have and that is exactly the type of argument and conversation where socialists and the left and progressives do very well and tend to uh, to win so that is is the type of thing that you want to start talking about and you start talking about it when you uh when you get a light shine onto these people and it's a lot easier to shine a light to uh to what's going on next door than it is in in washington or ottawa or whatever mm -hmm. i hope i i hope i articulated that right yeah i mean it's very interesting i i don't mm -hmm. often hear municipal perspectives especially not from the u.s like i said mm -hmm. like most of the way that i follow the u.s i think like 95 percent of it is foreign policy yeah um, because i'm not a u.s citizen so i don't like have a well, stake in anything that's I, uh, I almost I almost feel bad because I'm almost the opposite all of my work in Canada has been with the federal NDP uh, and not really anything uh, at the municipal or local level so mm -hmm. uh, I'm a little uh, uh, struggling kind of to find you know ways to relate to it and I clearly need to to do a little more work up in Canada as soon as the border opens oh, honestly, uh, I I've lost hope in the NDP as well I'm just very I think I'm like a cynical <laughs> about this stuff but you know it just seems very hard to advance like real uh because I to me like socialism and like leftism is not necessarily synonymous like mm -hmm. I think there's a lot of leftists who are outwardly antagonistic uh yeah. socialism and not just like that but there's also a lot of especially in Canada and the U.S. there's a lot of like left imperialism for sure um and so to me like you know yeah. 
the, the danger, like I see people um, in the US who, you know, they run and they say they're a socialist, like AOC <laughs> or whatever, and then they get into the party establishment and then all of a sudden, like, they're praising Joe Biden and Nancy Pelosi, like they're getting in bed with the imperialists. And I think like that to me is always like my big fear about participating yeah, yeah. In, in, in party politics. I guess- I guess my response to that would just be, that's all, like I said before, uh, you can, you could do whatever you want on the federal level, but at the, at the, like getting involved locally, it's a lot, uh, a lot, yeah, yeah, it's very different. It's a lot easier. It's, it's refreshing, uh, just because, you know, these, the imperialists and the, the party structures and everything that you consider as you know these massive forces at the local level they're they're you know I, I keep I keep using a bunch of names I can't come up with other names but they're frank they're you know they're the people that you're working with you don't have to like them some of them are truly truly awful people but you you do have the opportunity to understand them in a yeah. way that that you can't you know really really reckon with and the other thing is uh I've lost it um I was going to say something. It was all going to boil down to local politics. Is a, a is a when you treat it like a different animal than than whatever you see on the news, uh, it it becomes a lot easier to uh, to to get involved. So I would say, you know, someone in in your position who's uh, who's who's worried about all of those things, uh, if you focus, you know, on reading a couple uh, local articles, I I don't I know the. Uh, Vancouver and British Columbia municipal politics is a little bit of a mess uh, and I don't know too much about it but as long as you focus on on just getting involved at that level uh, it becomes a lot easier uh, to to understand the the political scene and also to you know uh, stay a little say a little less cynical because the people who are selling out local politics aren't sell like they're not selling out they just really believe this wacky like absolutely insane stuff and that they believe it you know for a reason they can be convinced otherwise and obviously you know it's not it's not 100 percent fun or 100 percent easy but it is it is a little more sincere uh, yeah you go if that makes sense Absolutely. And like at two things, like, so first of all, when you say Frank, like I always conjure like <laughs> the image of like Danny DeVito's character from the That's a hundred, a hundred percent correct. That's exactly um, the image I want you to have. <laughs> and um, second, um, I think, you know, this is actually, it's, it's refreshing to me as someone who focuses on issues like imperialism, because I think mm-hmm. a lot of the reasons why like people dive into like liberal imperialism is they are so like, they see the world as like a board game, like, cause everything's mm-hmm. so far away from them. Like mm-hmm. they, they talk about like reconstructing the Middle East or, or whatever, changing the, Chinese government or balkanizing like whatever they want to you know carve up yeah. these days yeah. um and like that is so much for some reason that's seen as like more glamorous than working with your own community like exactly. getting a like all the elite poli sci majors mm-hmm. um end up you Look, know i studied poli sci at mcgill so yeah like i'm not i'm not uh, uh immune from this like but something i noticed is like you know when you like the glamorous positions when you leave poli sci it's like yeah like think nato sponsored think tanks or like yeah. nato sorry nato affiliated think tanks or like uh, uh golf sponsored think tanks right like very yeah. international um and very fixated on problems that are not close to you at all um 100 uh, it's, it's and because that's more glamorized like that's like that's where then all the attention is too mm-hmm. yeah i mean i will say even just from from following and interacting with you on Twitter, you are clearly the expert on foreign policy and imperialism in a way that I am not. So a lot of times you'll you'll be you know discussing whatever is being talked about by the absolute ghouls who are implementing this, and I'm like I have no idea what is going on there. So I don't want to uh, 
give you know any analysis that I'm clearly unqualified to give on that regard, especially because foreign policy is not not my specialty and is your specialty. Uh, but I think it's an absolutely solid analysis of there's a reason that the the prevailing philosophy is let's go find the furthest possible problem and try and solve it. That's uh, air quotation marks because this isn't a video podcast. Uh, as opposed to there are, you know, let's let's make sure that we can fix some of the issues actually happening right here at home. And that is a philosophy you can see pretty much everywhere, you know, once you start looking at things like that. I did remember what I wanted to say before. Go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. You, you were talking about how uh, leftism and socialism aren't the same thing and how uh, leftists are antagonist, uh, antagonistic to socialism sometimes and you uh, also left imperialism and, and liberals and that's how we got on this thread. And what I wanted to mention about that, just super quick, is uh, you know absolutely correct, but when you're looking, I guess the further you are away from power, uh, you know, here, in the Republican controlled suburbs where it's been Republican for 50, 60 years, and there's never been any con conceptualization of having anything but a Republican as your mayor, then it gets a lot easier to make alliances. And as you get uh, more entrenched and more clearly uh, into, uh, into uh, ascendant in the uh, in the area, then you can start drawing those distinctions. It's not a bad thing to to draw those distinctions. Obviously, they need to be made. But like I said, you know, right now I'm working with a couple people who are very much uh, liberal, progressive, Elizabeth Warren, uh, in this house we believe signs that type of thing. And but God help and, you. <laughs> Well, they they happen to I mean, obviously, we don't agree on a lot of national issues, but they happen to believe in, uh, you know, a more just uh, area here, a park that's open 24 seven, uh, you know, a, a progressive taxation scheme to make sure we clean the streets right uh, and a couple uh, anti-corruption and good governance issues. So obviously, we're going to work together on those issues uh, and if we wind up, if this alliance winds up completely taking over the local Democratic Party, well, obviously there's going to be a left and a right wing of that alliance. But uh, it's a lot, it's a lot easier to make uh, to to work with uh, with those groups. Uh, the the further you are, the more focused the uh, the the opportunities the power get, the easier it is to to make those distinctions. And so. That's why I say, you know, us as leftists, us as socialists, us as progressives, those are obviously very, very different things. But in the current situation where I am in, you know, in this one city block, and it's going to be different for the next city block, uh, those those three are the forces that are up against the austerity and the conservative Republican establishment that is uh, that's currently operational. And obviously, it's going to be different. Uh, someplace where it's an austerity-minded democratic establishment, and obviously it's going to be different somewhere where it's uh, where it's something else. But as long as there is uh, a space for people who are currently to the left of the current structure to work together and push, uh, I I think that's a good thing. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely true, and like something I've learned is you know when there's certain issues that just you can gather people from so many other views to, to like, mm -hmm. you know, work to like the, the example I use a lot is like, you know, as, as someone who's like most, like most of the stuff that I do activism wise, like anti-war related. And mm -hmm. like, That's if I were to just be like, you know, I'm only going to organize with like, people who also believe in like socialism or who have the exact same anti-imperialist views like nothing would get done right and like so you know we've had like like the anti-war uh movements that in canada and i'm sure in the u.s as well there's like anti-war.com they're a big one yeah, yeah. like that, that they're run by libertarians but i think like the work they're doing is very important um yeah as long as as long as you're fully aware of 
who you are, what you believe in, what you value, and you make sure that you don't lose that. I think those types of temporary alliances are are not only not a bad thing, but uh, can be very, very valuable, especially when they're issue specific, like you said. As long as you're aware and you know you you're always cognizant of the fact that uh, you know you're not getting pushed around uh, or, yeah, or I mean, subsumed or or anything like that. Uh, but as as long as you're cognizant of that uh, and you're you're able to organize around a specific issue, right now it's uh, kind of good governance within the New Jersey Democratic Party cleaning it up. Uh, absolutely, you know there are a couple. This is this is getting into uh, to to more New Jersey politics, which is not the focus of your podcast. But there are a couple people who have been within the establishment for for years and years and years, and now the establishment has kicked them out because of some deal that was cut in some back room, and so now they are against the establishment. And obviously, you're going to be a little wary teaming up with those people. But they happen to have they have a lot of clout, they have a lot of knowledge, and as long as you are aware and a little cautious and uh and and you have a very very good idea of what you stand for and uh what your values are and where you want to go with uh with with what you're doing you know how far are you going to push how long do you need uh need to work with with somebody uh like i said i think it's a it's a it's a workable tactic that's a great way to put it and i i think that's definitely I mean, like the thing that I worry about, because I, I, I say this all the time. I'm literally like, mm-hmm. guys, you have to talk to people you don't agree with. Like you have to work with people you don't agree with. I'm like really all for that. I grew up like with conservatives, like, that's, 100%, yeah. I know, like, and we agreed on like a lot of things, you know, mm-hmm. um, especially in Canada, like, you know, like for instance, yeah. the conservatives, I know, like, but most of them support universal health care, for instance. And so it's like, it's, it's a different yeah. landscape. But, oh, sure. but I do think like the, the fear and the worry is like, I hate to see people doing like heavy lifting for an organization like the Democratic Party, uh, yeah. only to then, you know, be risk being shuffled out once they do that heavy lifting. Um, but again, like you have to weigh that against like, you know, how can I help my community and on an immediate level? I think also, you know, it's not just about talking to people who don't agree with you, but also talking to people who, who don't, you don't, like I said, I am in the vast minority of people in that I have thought about municipal politics in the past year. Mm -hmm. Right. So the people that I'm talking to and working with, you know, when, when we phone bank or knock on doors, they have no idea who the mayor is, no idea, you know, is there an election, what's going on, what are the major issues, but they do know, you know, what needs to be cleaned up, what needs to be helped, who needs, who needs to, you know, uh, get, get some assistance, who needs this, uh, and, and what's going on there. So if you then inform them that there are options to do that, with local community leaders or through the government, that's just something that a lot of people haven't thought about before. And that's definitely our role as, I'm gonna say it again, leftists and socialists and progressives is to uh, not you know, educate people. I don't wanna go uh, you know, shove, shove things down their throat, but basically inform them of you know, what the actual ideas and values are that we hold uh, as pertains to a certain issue or a certain area and like I like I've said a lot of times when you actually get people in a room discussing what needs to be done they will agree on a socialist progressive conclusion and not even realize it so as long as you have you know the the opportunity to talk with those people I don't think it's a bad thing at all talking to people who aren't avowed socialists because you can't become an avowed socialist or a, a progressive or anywhere near the left without doing a little bit of learning and actually uh, informing yourself on the issues. Mm-hmm. So, so. No, totally. I, I used to be a libertarian and I have a whole podcast episode about this that I did with another awesome. former awesome. libertarian. And like, I definitely, um, yeah, I mean, you can always change your mind. And I think we yeah. need to like, yeah. See I, al- I also used to be a libertarian. I think it's a very, it's a very direct pipeline from thinking you need freedom to why can't I afford freedom 
and mm -hmm. then uh, exactly so uh, I think I'm saying Marxists need to reclaim freedom and free <laughs> yeah these are yep. like the two issues we need to like, democracy too democracy, democracy too yeah <laughs> um but yeah well we're coming up on time i want to yeah. give you the last word is there anything else you want to let people know and also tell people where they can find you okay yes um so i am charlie baranski i'm on twitter as charlie baranski anything to do in morris county or new jersey progressive politics uh is usually one or two areas removed from me um the last thing that i want anybody to hear and the last thing that should be said on the subject of local politics is that everyone in local politics is incompetent and useless you would do a better job than them and uh you need to involve yourself in your community because the people who are currently involved in the community are awful <laughs> oh my god okay well great uh <laughs> all right yeah, it was Thank it was really you, good talking to you. And obviously, if you're a socialist currently involved in your community, I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about the Republicans uh, and uh, austerity Democrats who are running some of these suburbs here in Morris County, uh, here in uh, New Jersey, and also in Canada and, and all over the country as well. All right. Well, thank you again, Charlie. And Absolutely. thank everyone for listening. We'll see you next time. Really good talking to you. us.